This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Thank you for joining me today for Quiet Moments. As we begin looking at our new topic entitled, Every Good Gift, we want to begin today by reading from James chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Reading here from the King James, the Bible says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, nor neither shadow of turning. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. When you think of good gifts from God, what do you think of? Do we think of material things, or do we think of more of spiritual things? Not every gift is physical in nature. And as we look through this lesson, I want us to notice what are the good gifts that we find as we look here in James, particularly in James chapter 1. Today for our time together, I want us to look at how Christ is God's good and perfect gift. Let's look together at 2 Corinthians chapter uh, chapter 9. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, looking here at verse 15. Here the Bible says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. When we think about the many blessings we find as being a Christian, one of the greatest things we should remember is the blessing that we have that Christ came to this earth to do all those things he did for our, for our behalf. Not only the preaching and teaching, but we know the ridicule that came along with it. When we think of the gift from God, we often think of Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, and no doubt that is the focal point of it. But Christ also endured much more than just that. He endured mocking on a almost daily basis, it would seem, when he began his earthly ministry. We know he was beaten before he ever went to the cross. He was scourged. He was mocked by those whom he came to save. We think about God's good and perfect gift in Christ. We know it is good because of man's need. God's love is shown through sacrifice. If you look at John chapter 3, John 3, probably the most well-known verse in all of the Bible. In John 3, in verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. You ever had those moments when you think, well, it's hard to really put, put this into words, whatever it is you may be talking about. How do you put the love of God into words? It's really hard to do. How do you describe in words the love that God has for mankind, the actions that show his love, the provisions that show his love, the protection and the wisdom that show forth his love, his guidance and his, uh, well, yes, his guidance and his uh, advice, you might say, or his, uh, through his teachings, we don't just find his, his advice, so to speak, but we do find his encouragement to do that which is good and pleasing. How do you describe God's love? It's hard to put it into words. Let's also notice 1 Timothy chapter 1. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, and looking here at verse uh, 15 of 1 Timothy chapter 1, here the Bible says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all, all exception, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. The King James words it, worthy of all acceptance. Well, that is, it's worthy to be accepted by everyone. And what is it that is worthy to be accepted by everyone? That Christ came to the world to save sinners. To save sinners. You know, the healthy do not need a doctor, as Christ points out in the gospel accounts. But the sick, 
being a reference to those who are in sin. Those are the ones who need a Savior. We think about here in verse 15, the Apostle Paul in his humble words says, Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief, meaning I'm the biggest and worst one of them all. We think about Christ and his how he is God's good and perfect gift. We also have to remember that he is perfect and complete. Christ has the words of life. As you look at John chapter 6 and verse 68, in John chapter 6, and looking at verse 68, as my phone is slowly moving, says, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? And I love that phrase, the way Peter says that. It's as if it's, it's stated as if it's obvious, you know, Lord, where else are we going to go? You know, if you want uh, your bike repaired, you don't you don't want to do it yourself. You don't take it to, uh, you know, a lawnmower store to be repaired. You don't take it to, uh, you know, a landscaper. No, you take it to the one place that you know can do it. You think about this here in verse 68. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Peter is saying there's no one else who has the words of eternal life, so why, why would we go anywhere else? Why would we go anywhere else? We think about the Word of God today. If we want the truth, why would we go anywhere else? Christ also, as we were reminded in Hebrews chapter 5, that Christ is the author of eternal salvation. In Hebrews chapter 5, looking at verses 8 and 9, he says, Though he were a son, yet learned, learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. In being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Yet the author of eternal salvation means salvation begins with him. But also notice the condition, because the Bible is full of conditions. He says in verse 9, the condition is what? To all them that obey him. Christ is the author of eternal salvation. The only way we get to take advantage of him being that author is by, by being obedient to him. If Christ is perfect, then we should not go back to the old law. Looking at Galatians chapter 2. And looking at verse 21 of Galatians chapter 2. Here the Bible says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. The New King James words it, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. The idea there is the same, right? If Christ, you know, if we can be saved by the old law, if we can be justified, made as if we have never sinned, if we can do that through the old law, then Christ did die in vain. But friends, we can't go back to the old law. Christ did not die in vain. The law of, that leads us to eternal life is the law of Christ, the gospel. We cannot go on into human philosophy. If you look at Colossians chapter 2, in Colossians chapter 2, and looking at verse 8 as we close for our time together today, Colossians 2 and verse 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Beware lest any man spoil you. The New King James says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Meaning men can cheat you by their words. They can say things that sound good, but do they line up with God in His Word? Friends, let's remember that every good and perfect gift does come from God. Hope you enjoyed this lesson today. Hope you join me again next time as we can continue looking at how every looking at every good gift as we look at it here from James chapter one 
And next time, we'll be looking at the Bible, God's good and perfect gift. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.